I was like nine years old, you know, like they got to take me back to the locker room. I got to meet the whole team. LeBron was the nicest dude probably I've ever met. And like at the time, like he was, he was a rookie. So we didn't know he was going to be, you know, one of the greatest of all time. And so like, it was cool to like get to meet him then. Um, and then I got to meet him when I was 18. I was 19. I was a ball boy for the Nuggets. Welcome. Thanks for joining me. I'm DJ Ruscha, and this is the Beat Talks podcast. I appreciate your patience with me. It's been a few months since the last one, but this one is really special. We are talking NBA bubble. Right before the new season kicks off, I wanted to make sure you guys could hear from one of the DJs from the bubble in Orlando this past summer, fall, spring, whatever it was. It all seems to blur together at this point. But Paws is the official DJ for the Denver Nuggets, was one of the DJs invited down to Orlando for the season restart and NBA playoffs. So I wanted to chat with him and see what it was like down there so you all could hear about it. We talked right before the first Lakers preseason game. So by the time you're hearing this, two Lakers preseason games have been done. The NBA preseason has started. So we discussed that a little bit, what it's going to be like this year compared to last year, things of that nature. Let's get right into it. Here is pause the music. Let's go. Thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Um, I know the bubble experience and I know it was something different. So that's that's really what I want to talk about. Let's get into it. How did you, I guess, how did you get selected to go to the bubble? Um, <clears throat> it's actually a super funny story. It was really random. I, um, I was out visiting my dad in Detroit um, just to kind of go see him. I hadn't seen him in a couple months and my boss gave me a call Actually, it was it was super. Before my boss gave me a call, my mom called me while I was with my dad. And, my, and mind you, like my dad works in you know in the in the entertainment realm of the NBA, so he works for the the Suns now. But at the time, he was working for the Pistons. Um, my mom called me, and my mom takes a kickboxing class with another guy I work with, and she called me and was like, "Hey, you might be getting a call like in the next couple of days about possibly like the NBA coming back." And I was like. Whoa. Wait, how does my mom know or my dad knows this? My dad works in the league and like, I don't know. It just like, it didn't seem like it was, it was real for a second. I was like, oh, okay, mom, like whatever. Like, you know, sometimes people come to my mom and tell me, like tell them that they know me and stuff. And so I kind of just kind of put it to the side. And then my boss called me while we were in the grocery store and was like, hey, um, they're looking for DJs <clears throat> down in the bubble. And we, you know, I knew you'd be up for it. So we put your name in. It's not, it's not for sure yet. We don't know if you're going to get it. Um, he kind of was just filling me in on like the protocols of, you know, what it was going to be, how much, you know, testing we were going to have to do and how serious it was going to have to be, how much work it was going to be. And then <clears throat> I like kind of was freaking out because I was like, you know, I, I was so pumped. I was, I was shooting for all-star last year and I didn't get it. And I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't mad, but I was like, you know, using it as like a reason to like work harder. And, um, I like went upstairs, called my girlfriend and was like, Hey, I don't know if this is happening yet, whatever. And then an hour later we went back to the grocery store and my boss called me and and was like, Hey, you got it. Um, so apparently you only get good news is when you're at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the, in the Detroit grocery stores, whenever I'm in the, in the <laughs> grocery stores, it's never good news. Okay, so did it dawn on you what the bubble was going to be and how gone, how long you were going to be gone for? I don't think it did at first. I mean, if I'm being honest, like, you know, as a DJ, as soon as the pandemic happened, 
work for us just stopped, yep. you know, completely, you know, there's no clubs, there's no, there's no shows. And like, I do a lot of, of, you know, bigger venue stuff that immediately was axed as soon as, you know, COVID hit and I was ready to get back to work, but I didn't know to the extent of how much work it was going to be until, mm-hmm. you know, prepare for 20, 22 different teams, you know, going down to moving to Florida for three months. And, um, <clears throat> in all honesty, I was only supposed to stay until September 11th, right around like September 14th, 11th area. And within a couple of weeks of being there, I don't know if it was, you know, the league digging what they heard or what they saw, but then I got kind of pulled aside at lunch one day and I, I, I thought I was in like deep shit. <laughs> You're like, what did I, I didn't, don't feel yeah, like I did yeah, anything like, wrong, but. Yeah, exactly. I was like eating lunch and like one of the NBA guys was like, Hey Austin, like, can you come here for a second? I was like, Oh no, like <laughs> what did I do? Did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? And he's like, Hey man, um, is there any way like, you know, just for re- sheer redundancy, you know, we don't know if like, obviously if like somebody tests positive, you know, there's all these different things that could happen. If, you know, would you be willing to stay the entire time if, you know, you know, season permitting, COVID permitting everything. And I was thrilled. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. I'm in. Um, how long do you think? And they were like, you'd be here for the entirety of it. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, I had already packed, I had overpacked, yeah. so like I, mean, I was cool with it. Um, but I definitely uh, had to ship probably like six or seven boxes home. Because box. that's a full other month that you were there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and originally out. planned or that you originally right. thought. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You basically moved to Florida for three months. Like yeah. you live there. I mean, you saw the same thing every day, but like, that's where you lived for three months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Subtle plug, you know, shout out. There you go. All new game. So what is every, I mean, a lot of people just assumed, I don't know if a lot of people did, but I know people like, they just assume, oh, Lakers are playing. Like every team had their own DJ there. And when I explained Mm -hmm. to people, I was like, no, there were four DJs and they had to have the music at least, um, the typical stuff that we do for every game for every single team that was in the bubble. How I'm overwhelmed just thinking about that. How overwhelming was it to prepare for all 22 games or 22 teams? Sorry. That was, that was probably the most daunting part. Cause like we got on our first meeting and, you know, they kind of discussed what the plan was and that, you know, they wanted to keep it home court advantage centered and like, you know, that they were really focusing on providing all the audio elements that you would hear at say a Lakers game or, the Sixers game or whatever. So like at first it kind of seemed like, okay, like how much of this stuff is, you know, unique to, to market, how mm-hmm. much of this stuff is kind of universal. So, I mean, there were parts of it that were a little scared. I mean, I, I figured, you know, like every team plays, you know, certain stuff um, yeah. similar, you know, in, in certain situational, you know, times. Um, but as soon as we got into the bubble, um, they, they had to stay offsite the first night and we got into the bubble and they they set up like a box folder of like all the teams and we had to stay in our rooms for seven days because we had to like quarantine as soon as we got in so for the first four days of my quarantine in my room I basically knocked out everything like organizational so like you know I, I I would go team by team I had like a checklist I think I might still have it um I had like a team by team checklist going down you know basically how many you know, there were so many different let me see if I can find this. Hold on. Sorry, I should have been prepared. No, no, it's all good. Um okay, yeah. So like 
right here. It's like file loading. So it was like, this is my like quick effects section of like Dude. all my teams. And I was like, all right, it's loaded. Like I, I had them all labeled in like once they were labeled. Yeah. This was once I loaded it into like my playback software. And then I had to load everything and just for redundancy into Serato too. So yep. like I basically did that in the first four days. And then the next three days, I just basically sat around and watched movies. Um, but what I learned, like even Shauna said, she was like, um, she kind of did the similar approach, you know, getting the bulk of the organization done at the beginning. So you didn't have to like, play catch up. A um, couple of the other DJs that were there too, kind of, you know, we're, we're doing it their own way. And like, I probably could have done it a little less. Um, I didn't, I, I don't think I had to do all that work at, at the beginning. Cause like there were a couple teams that I didn't even get until like close to playoffs. Yeah. So like I never DJed a Clippers game. I that was the only team I didn't do out of the twenty two. Oh okay. So like there were a couple teams that like I didn't have to do for a while, but like I was ready for either way. So I could like come back to the hotel after a long day and then like not really have to worry about organizing. Yeah, you knocked out all your preparation early, so it wasn't a last minute scramble for yeah, you. Because exactly, exactly. yeah, well, because also too, I think that's great because you didn't know what to expect. Like who knows what would have happened later on. You may not have had time to prepare. Right. Uh, did you <clears> ever <throat> go ahead? Oh, and they, they had like six or seven different folders. So there was like timeout music. There were introduction music. There were PA announcements. There were PA like after basket player stuff that that was like, that was some of the hardest stuff to get ready because like, you know, as a DJ, like you're mainly focused on like keeping energy high and like, but when you're also tasked with like, like say Philly, for example, they, their director was like, you know, Hey, we have like a lot of, you know, specific to Philly stuff. You know, there were, they sent so many PA calls that like we had a PA announcer in the, like in the, in the arena. So yeah. we kind of felt like we were like stepping on his toes, mm -hmm. but I did a Philly game where I did every single two point basket with their PA calls as well as DJing timeouts, as well as like after basket sound effects. And like, it was just like anxiety ridden, but I mean like it was definitely like a learning experience and like it pushed me to that limit of like what I'm capable of. And like, that was probably like the most rewarding part was like having that organization done so I could like really easily access everything I needed yep. to if it kind of put me on the spot, which they did. And it ended up, you know, working out really well. Well, I think that's very important, especially for people who are listening to this or trying to get into the sports world. Like organization is key. If you're looking for it when you need it, you're already too late. You're already too late. Yep. Exactly. And I mean, there's, there's times where you can, you know, let, like, you know, let certain energies, you know, uh, Shauna, Shauna had a great moment in the bubble where she was so fast to get smooth operator up for LeBron. And now it's like a, it, it became a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can I cuss on you? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Cuss away. I don't care. <laughs> okay. My yeah. bad. My bad. But like she, yeah, it's like a, it's like an Instagram filter now. It's a whole thing. Like they're probably going to play that at Staples Center for the rest of his career. Like, well, that's my, I have to have it on standby at all times now, just in case. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah, when LeBron will want it, but now I'll need it. Right. You have to have it. Yeah. And like, it would be funny when I was doing Laker games that like, they'd kind of throw me on the spot at the very end because like LeBron's like a big Janet Jackson fan, mm -hmm. big Sade and like, you know classic female voices, Lauren Hill, all that type of stuff. And like, it was funny at the end of games, especially in playoffs, they would like really throw me to the wolves at the end. They'd be like, Hey, like play some Janet Jackson. And I'm like, well, shit, You're I like, didn't know. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like I have Janet Jackson, thank God. But like, that was one of those moments that you kind of have to be like, Oh shit, like type, yep. type, you know, JJ, whatever. Well, and, that's like, not the typical 
at the end of any NBA game, you're not the players aren't typically sticking around and like paying attention to music. No. They're trying to get in the locker yeah. right away. So you guys are in right. a unique experience for that. Right, right. Where they had like we had to stick around for TV interviews and like wait for them to finish up. Yeah. So I mean, definitely an on like the most on your feet experience I've been involved with. But I mean, it it made me ten times the DJ I was before going out of the bubble. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what was life like in the bubble? What was a typical what was a typical off day like for you? A typical off day, man, like I heard pickleball became a big thing. Pickleball was huge, man. Uh, your boy Matt, your boy Matt Shelton, nice. Took a serious injury. In some <laughs> Did he? He got hurt. He's he's uh he's on the IR all of a sudden. Yeah. He uh he gave it his all though. He was like the Jordan flu game. Like he he messed up his leg, but he still <laughs> he still played and yeah, good for I him. Think we even got a one. So nice. pickleball was huge. Um, off days didn't come very often at first. Um, at first we were working like sometimes six to eight days straight without an off day yeah. and like two games a day. So like that was, that was a lot. And then towards like, you know, the middle, once like kind of playoffs got started and, you know, um, a couple of the DJs started going home. Um, I think um, Andrew, the Clippers guy went home first. And mm-hmm. once he left, you know, we kind of like things kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, you'd get like, you know, three days straight, two days, a day off or two days off. But <clears throat> and, DJs, first- and DJs left because there were less games, right? Like as it got right. closer and the less games right. happening, didn't need as many people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it didn't. Yeah. It, it didn't have anything to do with like their teams being yeah. there. Um, that's kind of what everyone thought about like when I was staying too. I mean, barring the Nuggets like had, you know, their amazing, you know, come from behind, yeah, they super, did. you know, fight and claw. But um, I was there either way, regardless of, you know, win or lose. So like, same thing with Shauna, like, and, and Andrew, like if they would have all been eliminated in the first round, like they would have still stayed, as, yep. you know, just as a part of the experiment. But, um, yeah, day offs, like those day offs were just like, you wake up most of the time I slept in on day offs because like, you know, you had to be at the arena so early. I mean, you know, this business, it's like a lot of, you know, hurry up and hurry wait. up and wait. And like, so the off days were nice. I spent most of it in my room. Um, <clears throat> my girlfriend shipped me my Xbox down there. excuse me so i had that in my room um playing call of duty fortnite all that um but then other than that like it was it was kind of oh excuse me i blame the weather in denver right now it's snowing outside it's i blame i blame the weather coffee down the wrong tube (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry this is all digital and recorded we can edit any of this stuff out no one will ever perfect cut it out yeah (laughs) um but no like it was it kind of got to the point where it was like almost like I was going insane on off days. Cause like <clears throat> you could either go to the pool, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. No, no, I'm good. You could either go to the pool or um, you could ride a bike, but there were only like 20 bikes down there mm-hmm. and everybody was like boarding them. Yeah. And, like keeping them in their rooms. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a whole, it was a bunch of like drama about yeah, bikes. About bikes. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you couldn't ride bikes because it, you couldn't find them. And, and like, I would get up sometimes even like super early at like eight o'clock when like they would open. So I could go try to find one and like nobody, they'd be out. They'd, they'd only have like three. And then you saw a photo of LeBron and AD riding together and you're like, Hey bros, how, how did you guys get up so early and get those? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, you guys had practice. I was there, but I mean, whatever players, you know, players first, obviously. I hear you. Um, but if there wasn't bikes, you could go to the pool, you could, um, you could play golf, but you could only play golf at like 
5 or 6 a.m. And I mean, like, I'm not a 5 or 6 a.m. Yeah, that's not really in the DJ's <laughs> DNA. At least my <laughs> DJ DNA. Like, unless yeah, I'm yeah. catching an airplane, I'm trying not to get up better. Right, yeah. right. And I'm like, I'm a, I, like, I love golf. I play golf all the time. Um, so I was, like, really excited about that. And then when, like, we kind of learned that you could only go that early. It was like, a little nope. Damn, like, yeah. <laughs> just was like, you know, whatever. Could have, should have, could have, would have. Um, but then if that, uh, you could also like fish mm. and, um, every time I went to go to like, to go get a fishing pole, they like, I was like, okay, do you guys have like the fake, you know, the fake bait? They're like, Oh no, we're out. You have to do it with the worm. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> I had to punch that, that hook into that worm. And they were like, yeah, it's really easy. And she showed me and like, barring, I, I don't eat meat. You know, I, I do eat fish, but like, I'm like, you know, it's not, of, but it's not alive when you're eating it. No, no, no. So like I, when I saw them like put the hook into the worm, I was like, I'm sorry. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, I was like, I, I just can't do it. And they were like, come on. It's like, there's millions of worms. Well, I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't want to <laughs> eat me on my hands and like, Ugh. Well, so I like, grew I grew up in Virginia, and my grandfather and I would go fishing, and we would do the live hook thing, and the worm is squirming yeah. around, and you're trying to put uh, it on the hook, and uh, the worm likes it when it goes in the hook, and it's squirming around more. Yeah, I, re- I remember that as a kid. Uh, but I mean, I did I did get to to get some pro tips from um, a couple of my Houston Rockets scoring ta- table staff. Nice, excellent. Get me to bump bump real bump bump <laughs> real you know, the whole the whole the whole nine yards on the. On, on how to catch a fish. Amazing, so amazing the things that you learned in the bubble that you never would have thought. Oh, yeah. Learning yeah. pro tips on fishing is not something that I guarantee you thought you were going to learn in the bubble. No way. No <laughs> so if that was a typical, somewhat typical off day, what were typical game days for you? I know you said it was busy early on because you had multiple games a day. Obviously that thinned out as it went on, but for like the first month, maybe even two, like it was, there were games every single day and multiple games yeah. in multiple arenas. Yeah, they, it was, um, they were 12 hour days for sure. So like you'd get there at the arena, probably like 9am. Um, your rehearsal was usually like 10am to like 11 when 11 o'clock was usually when the players like took the floor. So, <clears throat> um, game day would be, you know, you get up, get on the bus, get to the arena. We'd probably go grab like a coffee or, you know, whatever, a little breakfast snack. Um, I was not a big breakfast guy, like eating at the hotel, mm-hmm. I would, I, I'm just like not a huge breakfast guy. Um, I like coffee and that's about it. <clears throat> so I'd get up. We, as soon as we get to the arena, I just go to like the grab and go section, grab like a banana and like a, a coffee and that'd be it. Um, we'd rehearse for about an hour. And then as soon as rehearsals were over, I'd basically just get into like, you know, player warm up type stuff. Um, it was really hard. Like, being in there every day with like your staff because I start like as a DJ, you know, you're very self-conscious of like playing the same stuff every day. Yep. And like, it's, it's tough because like, especially in a group like that where you're in the same building every day for like three straight weeks. And I felt bad after like the first three days of playing, like putting on the same playlist to go eat, you know, I was like, oh, shit, these guys are going to hear little <laughs> baby and the baby five times. again. <laughs> I guess I, so <clears throat> as it got, as it got, you know, further on, like a couple weeks in, I started refreshing stuff and mm-hmm. diving back into old music and, you know, trying to, trying to keep things fresh. Um, but then as soon as rehearsals were done, you'd basically go to lunch, let the players warm up. And then once lunch was done, you'd come back and 
<clears throat> you probably have about 45 minutes before the first game started. And then I, my group always had like the early game. Mm. And then we'd have an, about an hour in between, about an hour and a half, sometimes two hours in between games where they'd have to like sanitize everything, clean yeah. the courts, the backboards, um, our stations, chairs, all that stuff. And then um, after, you know, in that, in that hour gap, sometimes there were, I think there were two or three days that I even like napped in between, yeah. in between the games, just because like, you know, obviously you're hanging out with people late sometimes. And like, I mean, not, not necessarily like drinking, you know, yeah, like just, yeah. and they're you're just long days out. period, oh, yeah. whether you're doing anything afterwards or not. And I don't know if you're the same way, but like after I DJ, like there's like a certain like, like wind down you takes a while have. to come down. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And like, <clears throat> so you'd have that. And like, you know, sometimes I wouldn't end up finding myself going to sleep until like 3am. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I gotta <laughs> uh, Yikes, this is going to be a rough day. So that's where I'd have to like, um, you know, nap in between games. Mm -hmm. Second game would start, um, you know, that would go as, as, as normal. Um, I think that the, the, the strangest part was almost like the half times and like the, the breaks and like stuff like that, because, you know, in arena, you're so, you're so used to breaks coming and you're like, all right, I have this song ready for so-and-so's pizza delivery and our mascots this and then our dancer track and like you don't have to worry about any of that right now like even i'm sure you going back into staples soon like you're basically the show right now yeah like, tonight actually first preseason game is it really yep. tonight is it the suns or is it uh we play the clippers tonight and oh, sunday cool. and then they go on the road and play the suns twice right that's right yeah that's right um but yeah i mean like you you understand like it's 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 your there's going to be a lot more ears on your music now because it's not as like promotion based or like skit based or. Well, there's whatever. no, no other distractions either. Right. Like I'm looking at it as there's less people. So yes, they always hear the music, but they're running around doing stuff, but now they're really going to hear the music every single time, every single they're time. So stimulated usually like oh. there's so many things to look at at a, at a, you know, an NBA game besides like the music, you know, like you hear the song, but that's like subconscious sometimes Correct. you're like, Oh shit, like this mascot's throwing t-shirts or oh like they're you know, they're doing a half court shot to win ten grand or something. Like it's almost it almost plays second fiddle. But like in the bubble it was like such a it was such a um, sorry about that. That's all good. Did your it mom was, or dad calling from the grocery store or I don't know who it was. It said El Paso. <laughs> I only have a couple friends in El Paso. So <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was like now it now it's so I think after the bubble, I think I've learned the importance of like situational music so like if if the team is down in a situation like third quarter you know they lose a lead i wouldn't go into that timeout with like a pitbull song mm -hmm. you know what i mean like or like a some kind of energy up type of song you kind of got to play like to the players and like that was completely different than like djing in arena you yeah. know like not 90 percent of djing in, a, in, an, in an arena is to like make the fans happy yep like I'll tell you this, I, I play living on a prayer with, you know, Pepsi or ball arena. Sorry, not Pepsi center yeah. anymore. Ball arena. <laughs> Is that recent? Yeah. Yeah. They just changed that while about a month ago. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, I'd always remembered as Pepsi as well. Yeah. yeah. The ball arena is here. We are ballers now. Ballers. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, it kind of went from, you know, DJing, like living on a prayer type stuff to get the, the crowd hype to Lil baby and, you know, Duh, baby, all the babies. Any like, babies you could find. Any yes. babies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> any baby, and you can't go wrong with the NBA players. And 
I mean, yeah, it was just, it was definitely a learning experience for sure. Cause the first couple games I was like, man, like this is going to be weird with this quiet environment, <clears throat> you know, players, players are going to be very like, they're, they're going to know that where you are, first of all, oh, and yeah. two, if you don't like your stuff. Like they'll make it away. Like they'll make it. <laughs> Somebody will let you know quick, very fast. And all their PR directors are like just a, walk around the court away which is like <laughs> usually in arena it's like oh i'll hear about it tomorrow yeah. or you know something like that so it was definitely um a reflective period mm -hmm. for sure but i mean like i said it was a once in a lifetime uh experience and i don't think i, I would be the, the man or the dj that i am now coming out of you know those three months yeah and so unique is only four of you went so only four of you got that experience yeah um, yeah and do you, because of the way you DJ the bubble and now the way the season is starting now, do you feel like you're more prepared for this season because it's basically going to be similar to the bubble as far as the entertainment side goes? Absolutely. I mean, as always, like new music comes out every day. And like, I think that that's our job as DJs to keep things, you know, current and keep, but also like not, not lose touch with like some of the, some of like the classics mm -hmm. and like stuff like that, which I think Shauna's so great at and, um, I learned so much from all four of the DJs or all, great. all four of the other DJs that yeah. were down there um, in one way or another. <clears throat> I loved um, Andrew from the Clippers, uh, for instance, was so fast and so on point with his hot cues. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is amazing. Like, you know, he's, he's so, I, I like to think I'm pretty fast, but like he took it to a different level of like, <laughs> Oh, I learned a lot from him. And mm -hmm. by like second week there, I was like, five times faster than I was before. And with Shauna or with Courtney, the Bro the Brooklyn Nets DJ, um, super nice dude, very professional. Um, he was very organized and very attentive, like attentive to detail, like little things about like labeling and like, you know, not having that extra split second of you having to read the whole file of, you know, what you're reading before you play it type mm. stuff. So I learned a lot organizationally from him. And that's kind of where I think that, <clears throat> he was, you know, telling me about how he was getting organized. And then like, once we got out of quarantine, he was like, Oh, you did like all the organization already. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, man, I, I haven't even done that. So like, it was just kind of like cool to pick their brains. Yeah. And then there's Shauna, who's just a rock star. And like, she was showing me like, <clears throat> like listening to her, like just listening to her, her versatility from like new stuff to like playing all this older music that like, <clears throat> I, I don't think but going into this that I would have ever played like necessarily, I wouldn't have never played it but like Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. Love her. Grew up listening to her. My dad's a huge fan. My whole family's a huge Mary J. fan. But listening to like Shauna blend, you know, Bad Bunny or whatever she was playing into a Mary J. song that I was like, that's so dope. Like, I, I couldn't do that. Like, I mean, I could do it, but I like, I, I, I would have never thought to do something mm -hmm. like that in this experience. So like, kind of, I, I learned different things from each one of the DJs and like, I would hope that like they learned some stuff from me as uh, well. I have no doubt. But I, I yeah, I mean, I, I think we all did as well. Um, but it was, it was an amazing collective of like NBA, you know, music minds, which I think we, we were talking about, you know, Oh man, like what if, what if, you know, COVID continues to run its course and, and we have to do another bubble you know, we, we were all talking about like how those, uh, the four of us that went would probably be the four that would have to like train yeah. the other, you know, rest of the league about how to do this stuff. And we were really excited about it. Cause like, 
I learned so much from the other three that I was with. I can only imagine how much I learned from, you know, you guys and, you know, OG one in Portland and, you know, everybody around the league and just like how many people, like if we got all those minds together, how cool, you know, how much better NBA music would be. And like, so, I mean, yeah, it was just an unbelievable experience. Want to take a quick break to let you know that if you are a DJ Ruscha select member on Mixcloud, there is some bonus material exclusively to you from outtakes from the Beat Talks podcast. In the latest one, I had a quick conversation with my good friend Chris Geter McGee, who is the host of the Spectrum pre and post game show out here in Los Angeles. We've known each other a long time. We worked together on the AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. I recorded that prior to the first NBA Finals game this season, so it'll be cool to go back and listen to it to see what we predicted. Again, if you are a DJ Ruscha Mixcloud Select member, you get access to all those bonus material. 